This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On The Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I'm Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. And I'm joined by my co-host Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing. I'm riding high off the, uh, finally getting off the schneid against you in our head-to-head. So, uh, yeah, time. we're... Yeah, I know. It's it was it was almost to the point where I was just going to be like, you know, what? we should just we should just stop and uh, I should just really save save a little bit of face here. Um, but yeah, man, things are good. It was a uh, it was a tilting week, which I can get into uh, during the recap. If you uh, if you'd like to hear my tale of woe, I'm always interested in hearing about your pain. So <laughs> we'll definitely get into that. Uh, but first, I want to bring on our guest this week. We're joined by one of the hardest working dudes in the DFS industry. I've personally worked with him a little bit, and I think that he is like a machine just specifically designed to crank out NFL content. Uh, he's currently over at Wo- uh, Roto World doing awesome work over there. He is Ian Hartitz, who you can find on Twitter at iHartitz. Ian, thank you for so, uh, thank you so much for coming on the program, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. It's uh, it's been a long week. The the E button on my keyboard fell off on Wednesday, so I've had to battle through some adversity. But you know, we've made it here. I'm ready to talk some ball. I mean, let's be honest. That's a really important key too. Like, I was about to say, man. Like, had to be a vowel. Couldn't have been like X or something. But oh well. So you you have a lot of tiller licket tonight, or? <laughs> it's been brutal, man. It got so bad at one point. I literally just tried to. Make sure, like, I had E copied. I just control V <laughs> oh, every time I had to do it. So it's it's been rough, but, again, we, we made it through. So <laughs> uh, Before we get into week five, I just want to remind you guys about the Rotoviz Patreon. You can become a patron, gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 per month. Become a Road of His Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash road of his radio. All right, Jones, bring it, you know, bring it on. Tell me what, what happened last week. You know, obviously start with the most important victory that you had, which was taking me down for the first time all season. Well, yeah, so I, the, the lineup, the cash lineup that I ran out this week was, uh, featured Leonard Fournette against uh well it ended up working out but against my better judgment at the last second I pivoted off of Chubb and went to Fournette so at like 345 I just tilt entered like 
every four o'clock contest that I could possibly find. Completely bricked all of those. And Leonard Burnett obviously came up big for me. I swept everything in cash that I played. And I ended up losing on the week because I lost everything at four o'clock. So, yeah, it was a it was a really, really humbling experience for me. <laughs> I love it. You can't even get out of your own way on nah. weeks when you land on the best lineup. Um, nah. We got to give a shout out as well to FinFan18. Took down the Listener League. Literally his third win. We have done 18 of these and he's won three of them. We are Damn. we either suck or he is just so much better than us. He also has three additional caches on top of that. So I think we should just stop wasting time. Let's just Venmo him a couple bucks each week, Jones, and you know, move on from there. <laughs> we'll spread it out. <laughs> um his lineup wasn't perfect, but he had McCaffrey, he had Chubb, and he had Goleman as his two running backs and his and his flex. And that was pretty much enough last week. If you had that combo, that was going to put you ahead of most lineups, and uh, he had no problem taking it down. So, all right, that's enough week four. Let's get into week five, starting with quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson right now looks like he is going to be one of the higher-owned options at the position. Uh, Ian, why don't you talk to me about your philosophy with Watson? Are you looking at him in cash games, and what about in GPPs? So first runs of the cash lineup, I've been preferring more to pay down. I like Carson Wentz at 6,100. I like Matt Ryan earlier in the week until I close took a closer look at their offensive line. It's a freaking walking graveyard down there in Atlanta. And, you know, I, I do think that Houston-Atlanta game, it's, it's pretty chalky at this point. And for good reason. I mean, the defenses aren't, uh, aren't all that great. But, oh, man, I don't know if I want to invest in them too much in uh, the GPPs. I think there's some other games we can attack that will have some lower ownership. But, Look, I mean, Deshaun Chalk, I get it. He's fine. It's, but you're going up so high in money. Uh, I mean, I think this week there's plenty of value at wide receiver. We can get down a little bit of quarterback. We can definitely get down a tight end, as we'll talk about later. And then we can pay up a running back and even squeeze in three of those top dogs there. So uh, get down a little bit. I mean, the big week's going to come. I mean, I, I think we've talked enough this week on the Twitter sphere about those two long uh, incompletions that Watson had to uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller last week. Could have been a very different game if he just hits those two. So. I mean, Deshaun Watson's always got that 1.01, you know, QB upside in any given week. I don't know if it's as big of a smash spot as everyone thinks so. Yeah, right now, uh, one of one of my new favorite things is Sean Corner does his Sims every week, and he gives, you know, a percentage chance of, of what player is to finish, you know, number one, number two at their position, uh, et cetera. So he gives Watson a, a 33% chance of finishing as a top five quarterback, so that is the second highest mark on the main slate. It trails only Lamar Jackson, but that's not like such a huge number that I'm afraid to fade him at lower, you know, at inflated ownership. So, uh, Jones, what do you think about uh, Deshaun here? Yeah, I mean, he's it's been a bit of a roller coaster, right? Like he has two games at like 12 or 13 DraftKings points and then two games like over 30, uh, which is just super frustrating if you're if you're trying to get anything out of him season long. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's fine. There's no way I'm going to pay all the way up for 6,700, uh, in cash though. So, um, I'll stack them up a couple different ways in, in some GPP lineups, but I don't think you need to go there for cash. I was about right. to say, I do like, I do like him in GPPs just cause yeah, he is going to be chalky, but ownership chalk on quarterback, you know, that's different. It's so much flatter than any other position. So I'm more with it there. There, I mean, I, I agree with, you know, 
can't say anything bad about the odds maker. The dude's the goat. So uh, I'm, he, he does have the blow up potential this week, especially if we think about, you know, Kenny Stills got the hamstring. Actually, he was limited Wednesday. But if he misses, I mean, there's a chance this offense just kind of flows better with him, Hopkins and Fuller, because, you know, Cootie's more of the underneath guy. Uh, Hopkins obviously fe- can feast anywhere on the field, but, you know, a lot of times intermediate and then Fuller deep. So I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, we see them kind of get back to that 2018 form. Uh, now they got this new little trio out there. Right. And, and yeah, the, the increased concentration is obviously good from a fantasy perspective as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Ian, who are some like uh, cheaper guys down the pricing spectrum that you're considering for cash? Yeah, I think it's Carson Wentz, man. I mean, it's it's wild how many drops the Eagles have had this year and how Wentz has actually been able to overcome that uh, for the most part. Doesn't look like Deshaun Jackson is going to be back, unfortunately. That would have helped. But at the same time, I mean, they are getting much healthier at wide receiver, at least. Dallas Goddard looked much healthier last week. Alshon, not as much, but I think after the longer rest, you know, coming off that Thursday night game, he should be a little bit better. And, like, we do not need to fear this Jets pass defense at this point. I mean, uh, the, the amount that Greg Williams is willing to blitz, you know, we saw in that Browns game how it really only takes, you know, one missed tackle sometimes for someone, like, uh, to take it to house. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Again, I, I like Matt Ryan more early in the week, but seriously, it's like their left, their left tackle and left guard are fine, but their center – their starting right guard's been on IR all season, but both their backup right guards are hurt, and their right tackle is like concussed right now. So it is just a walking graveyard over there. Jonesy, who who do you got your eye on here? Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely leaning towards Wentz. Um, I think you could you could probably also make an argument uh, for Dak at six thousand. I think that's a, a pretty palatable price. Like he's, it, it's hard to to really put into context how rare this is, but. Right now, he's 20th in attempts, he's 10th in completions, and 4th in passing yards, which just absolutely doesn't compute if you're thinking about, like, you know, the volume and and how it translates into production. So that's a really good sign, Um, and he's obviously, you know, he had a a few blow-up weeks, and, you know, last week obviously wasn't the best, but... um, I think he he would be fine if you felt like going in that direction for cash. So I'm sure we're going to talk about this game a lot today, but am I crazy if I want to play Andy Dalton in cash games? Yes. Oh, yes for cash. I mean, he was my guy. If you were asking GPPs, I was right there with you, but cash, come on. I think I'm going to do it. No. I I don't care. That Arizona matchup is just so juicy. Like, Um, we're not even getting a price discount after how bad he was because they played, uh, you know, on the night game. It's the opposite. (laughs) We usually get, like, a discount after a guy goes off, but we're getting a price increase because he sucks so bad. (laughs) I don't care. The the Cincinnati Bengals (laughs) lead the league in pass rate. They're throwing 72% of the time in one-score games right now. Arizona is second. They They both play fast. Like... I just want I want every option in this game in all Those formats, three and out. They're awesome. including including cash. I don't care about the John <laughs> Ross injury. Like John Ross, to me, he's had a good year, but like he, he's just a guy. So you oh, know, man. I think some, I can't wait to go three and two in our head to head now. <laughs> <laughs> some people might be scared off by the injuries, but I am not. I would play if you guys were his starting receivers. I would play Andy Dalton against the Cardinals. 
Oh man! All right. I mean, I, I, I'm with you from a GPP point. We, we saw Stafford QB four against them. Lamar QB two. Kyle Allen QB six. Russ was the QB seventeen, but I mean, he was very efficient. So it's not like Dalton would be the worst quarterback this season to ball out against the Cardinals. So I see you there. But why are we risk? Why are we fucking around yeah. with this in yeah. cash when it's only four hundred difference between him and Wentz? That's my only only thing. And oh man, uh, one other GPP guy. Not spend the whole time on Dalton, but. Uh, Lamar <laughs> Lamar Jackson, like we gotta let's pay up for this guy. Everyone's you know gonna be a little bit lower on Deshaun Watson, but Lamar he's had this like you know two game quote unquote skid. He still finished as a QB ten though QB three in those games. You know I'm not ready to crown Pittsburgh after shutting down Andy Dalton uh, just yet. They're fine on defense, but I don't think they're a bunch of world beaters over there. And you always got the rushing upside there. So you know I guess play Andy Dalton, but we could also pay up even higher and go for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I can, uh, you know, I can support paying up for the better player. Um, Jones, who are some GPP guys you're looking at? Um, yeah, like like usual, you know, it's it's really a function of who I'm who I want to get exposure to and wide receiver and tight end. But um, I, I do think that Tom Brady is interesting. He's 6,500. Nobody's going to really be on him. Um, Washington is complete trash, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, you always run the risk that like they're just going to get rushing touchdowns and he doesn't have a ceiling. But you know, he, it wouldn't surprise anybody if he threw for three touchdowns, right? And and had three hundred yards. So I think that as an underowned uh, guy, I think that you could do a heck of a lot worse than uh, than Tom Brady in this matchup. I'll tell you right now, if Kyler Murray doesn't smash this week, I'm officially going to worry about him a little bit. Is that a fair take? In the horizontal raid Arizona offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't help the guy that, like, now Christian Kirk's out, Demir Bird's out. Like, it's not like they have there's this great offensive line with weapons streaking wide open that he's just missing every game. I mean, it's been tough on him all season. I don't know that's even so much Kyler's fault, but it hasn't been good. You know, it has not been good. As, as, a, as someone else that has obviously invested a lot in Kyler Murray this past offseason, the, the early results are not good. Yeah, it's just, it's less running than I would have thought. I mean, I know he found the end zone last week for the first time, but I was expecting, you know, just more from him on the ground. And he has shown more of a willing to a willingness to run over the last two games, but that's come at the expense of, you know, the 300-yard passing games that he put up in the first two weeks. So, again, like, I love this matchup. I want a lot of both teams, but uh, the fact that Kyler is the more expensive option and, and – will probably carry a little bit more ownership than Andy Dalton. I think pushes me towards the Bengals side a little bit more. But again, yeah, both guys in GPPs for sure. All right, Kyler's got the Falcons at home next week. If he doesn't go off by then, then we can cancel. Okay, sounds good. I'm willing to give him another shot. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, I want to talk to you for a second about Indochino. Uh, nothing looks better on a guy than a suit that fits perfectly. Jones can attest to that. I am far from a male model, but when I put on a suit, I feel like James Bond. No lies. I walk up to the bar. I'm like, just I, you know, making eye contact with all the ladies, and they're like, "Who is this guy?" But he looks great in that suit. That's where Indochino comes in. They were founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, court coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurement for a great fit. 
The best part is that they are, are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. Pick your fabric, pick your customations, and submit your measurements. The package is then delivered straight to your door in two weeks or less. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering code BLUEWIRE plus free shipping, which is always nice. All right, running back position. We got four guys this week priced at 8300 or higher on DraftKings. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, who outside of one week has just been like a guaranteed 30 points this season. Alvin Kamara, who has not really been very negatively impacted by Teddy Bridgewater, at least so far. Uh, Dalvin Cook, and then Zeke Elliott. Uh, Jones, who is your preferred target in this price range? And is this a jam them in week? Like, do you feel like you need to get two of these guys into your cash teams? Yeah, I mean, just real quick, I wish we would have had the Indochino ad a couple weeks ago because I just I have a wedding tomorrow and I completely forgot to get my suit dry cleaned and you just reminded me. So oh, God. this is going to go well. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I definitely think that you should be be finding a way to get uh, two of these guys into your cash lineups this week. Um, Christian McCaffrey is by far my highest priority this week. He's been on the field for 98 percent. Of the Panther snaps, um, and he's seen he's seen 117 opportunities so far this season, and that's 20 more than the next closest position player. So um, he's getting like unparalleled work, and 8,700 is like I don't even know if that's enough for him to be totally honest. Um, it, it seems like it's not enough, you know. Like Gurley at times last year was 10k plus. What does McCaffrey yeah. had to have to do to get up to that salary range? Right, Even like nine exactly. K, right? Even like nine K, like that's what Le'Veon and David Johnson were rolling at in you know twenty sixteen when they were catching ten balls a game like McCaffrey too. Yeah, like if he was like ninety three hundred, I think I would have a harder time getting there. But eighty seven hundred doesn't seem doesn't seem uh, you know impossible to get to. Um, what about you, Ian? Who are you thinking here? I'm trying to fit three of these guys in my cash three lineup. Honestly, I think. Uh, you know, I'm just going to spoil it right now. If you go down and you just take a chance and you go at Noah Fant at 2,800 against an absolutely ravaged Chargers safety group, then you can fit all three of these guys in because we got cheaper options at wide receiver. You know, you need McCaffrey, you need Kamara as long as, you know, McCaffrey's been an every down, every down guy all, all year. Once Breeze went out, we've seen Kamara become that 75 to 80% guy where he just, you know, took over the first four weeks of last year. He's been was amazing two weeks ago too just that cowboys game and they match up so good against him so keep rolling back to him especially at home against this buccaneers defense that you know we don't need to fear or anything like that i know they played well against the rams but he's going to catch so many balls with teddy check down it doesn't matter as much and then from there pick whoever you want between dalvin and zeke i think they're both going to be pretty fine zeke so every week i take like the offensive lines adjusted line yards per rush and i'd add it with the defensive lines just to see you know where the best mismatches are and zeke is far and away number one uh this week with the best matchup line of scrimmage i know it's a little different with tyron smith out and they got some other guys banged up but this is still kind of a sneak a squeaky wheel spot for zeke i think they want to get him going and they're at home packers run defense i mean they're fifth against the pass this year but they're 27th in dboa against the run so definitely funneling the production on the ground as we saw with jordan freaking howard and those guys last week so um i I lean a little bit i think towards zeke over dalvin 
just because of, uh, you know, how much they could attack the air. But it does make, you know, we're all talking about Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen in this bounce back spot against the Giants, which it definitely could be. But this could also just be what we've already seen this entire season. They hand the ball off to Dalvin all game. So, yeah. And the thing that you like if you're a Dalvin supporter, which I really have not been for most of the year, is that he has started started (laughs) to get more involved in the passing game. You know, like he had eight targets and six catches last week. So the fear was, you know, when when Minnesota gets into a game script where they can't just lean on the running game, what happens to his production? And we saw last week that they're still willing to give him the ball, but they'll shift his focus more to being a receiver. So that's definitely a big positive if you're a Dalvin guy. Uh, I agree that McCaffrey is like the clear top option. You can't play cash without him. And I want to get that second guy in too. I'll give an edge to Kamara. But if you can get three, I mean, you're going to have to get real creative to get three. But if you can do that, you know, Zeke is Zeke is definitely in play too. So uh, you mentioned what, what they did against the Eagles last week. Like Jordan Howard. I don't think Jordan Howard's ever looked that good in his entire career. So no. And honestly, what was still tilting as someone that, you know, has a bunch of Miles Sanders oh, everywhere. Is tell like, me about it. Look, Howard runs hard. Like, I'll give the guy that. But I really think if you replace, like, Miles with Jordan on almost all those plays, like, the same stuff happens. Jordan had the really tough touchdown run, I think, on his third score. But, like, no one was even covering him on the touchdown reception. His other score was a cakewalk, too. So I'm, I'm still bitter. Hey, <laughs> I have – I've played him in DFS, like, every week. And – I have him on all my important teams, so oh, yeah. you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> uh, Jones, let's move down a little bit. Who are some of those those guys in that next tier that you're looking at? Um, yeah, I mean, if we're if we're gonna keep chasing uh, chasing high workloads, we have to talk about Fournette, right? Like, I don't know, 6,400 seems like a, a pretty reasonable reasonable price for his workload as well. I I'm hesitant to I, I don't know how I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I don't want to be chasing last week because we've seen like these dud games from him. But I do think that we're like if the process is there, where we're just trying to get all these carries and targets like Fournette has to be in the discussion. Right. Yeah, I'm fine with Leonard Fournette. I mean, heading into last week, he was one of just two players with at least seven targets at the running back position. And then last week, he just absolutely dominated on the ground. So I think Fournette's a fine call. Um, You know, the matchup against Carolina, I think is fine. Like, it's not great, but it's not a matchup that you fear either. So uh, I think he's a good play. You know, I'm still a sucker for Austin Eckler. You know, like, oh boy, the guy was 8K last week. Now he's 6,700. I get that Melvin is back, but... Do they really want to work like him a in? Reason. Do they really want to work him in so quick? Just this is a little thing, you know. Melvin Gordon's back, whatever though. It's... I mean, what are realistic expectations for Melvin Gordon this week? Like, how many touches? No, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't hate Eckler this week either, but it's still 6,700 still seems like a lot for you know a guy that we're hoping what best case plays like 50% snaps and kind of splits it. The the one thing I do like with Eckler is I, I think he can maybe keep this receiving workload to an extent with how banged up they are a wide receiver i mean Edmund just hit the ir 
Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin got back to practice this week, but they're still banged up. And we've seen Eckler legit like run double moves as a pure wide receiver this season. He's not just this kind of – we're talking about Leonard Fournette's targets. Like when Leonard Fournette gets targets, we'll, we'll take the catches in fantasy, don't get me wrong, but they're all screens and kind of dump-offs. But Eckler's actually just like dynamic receiver and more of a McCaffrey-Kamara type mold. So I could see that continuing to be utilized a little bit more, but – Oh, uh, man, I, I think Melvin's going to come back and kind of play that 60 to 70% snap featured role that we saw for most of last season. I mean, I do agree. Like, as much as I am not a Melvin Gordon guy and I'm maybe the biggest Austin Eckler fanboy there is, I know where this is headed. Like, I know where it's going. I just don't think it necessarily happens the first week that they work him back into the equation. Um, Ian, who do you like in this this sort of mid-tier price range? So in that range, I mean, if we want to go ahead and just chase opportunity, where's the love for Le'Veon Bell? I mean, he could easily be this week five version of Leonard Fournette. It'll help if Darnold's back, but even if he's not back, I mean, we can we can trust Le'Veon a little bit here. I mean, he's had a 86% snap rate this season, 26.3 combined targets and carries per game. He's the only guy in the league that has a McCaffrey-esque workload. It's looked disgusting for the most part because he's had he's had Trevor Simeon and Luke Falk under center but even then I mean to, to see what he was doing the second half of that Browns game you know game out of reach but he's still breaking tackles like every other play he's truly good enough to overcome like an entire defense's attention uh and focus on him so look Eagles D has been awesome against the run saw them shut down Green Bay I mean they've been really good against the run for the last uh, couple years even but even then you know it's it's matchups space so it, when you when we're getting 26 opportunities a game, Le'Veon can make it happen a couple times. So I do like him in this spot. More GPP, though, uh, just, you know, because of the current uh, concerns without Darnold. Donald. I mean, I'm looking at Lab's ownership and 2 to 4% for Le'Veon. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're looking at over 20 touches. I mean, sign me up. And just a little bit lower. I think the lowest I'd kind of be willing to go for, like, a cash running back might be David Montgomery at 5,200. I mean, the explosion is coming at some point. I'm not – I, I have not been this like Montgomery stand all offseason either. I mean, I agree. It looks like he's running with uh, cement feet sometimes, but he's getting snaps and touches now. He's one of only 10 running backs with at least uh, 15 touches in three straight weeks. I mean, his snaps have gone from 38%, 45%, 65%, season high 69% last week. I know Mike Davis was inactive because uh, a family death. You know, he's, he was dealing with that last week. But even the week before, he was active. He played only one snap. So it's now the Tariq and David Montgomery show. And it would it would make sense if they try to run the ball more, you know, against this fairly soft Raiders front seven with Mitchell. Jones, anybody, uh, you know, like in that 5K or less range that you like this week? I mean, I guess I have to say Ronald Jones, but I don't want to. <laughs> Um, 4,600, I think is just kind of silly. Um, I, I think we, we saw, you know, what, what did he have? 19 carries last week, but it was only on 36 snaps, which is obviously, uh, somewhat concerning that he was only on the field for 36 out of 74 snaps. But I'm, I'm thinking that there's like an avenue here where he is like mid fives and up for the rest of the year. And this is the last chance we get if he kind of takes a hold of that job. So um, obviously very, very light exposure, not a, not a cash game play by any means, but I think that he's, uh, he's in play in, uh, in certain lineups. All right, let's talk GPPs. Now let's get into the fun stuff. Um, I'm going to start last week. I made the disgusting decision to bring up Devonte Freeman. And that actually wasn't a terrible play. He finished with eight, 18 DraftKings points. Uh, this week, 
I'm going out and I'm saying that it has to be Sony Michelle week, right? I'm not saying that you need to play him. I'm just saying, like, if Sony Michelle is going to be a thing at any point this year, it has to be in a in a week where they're going to be like 17 point favorites and Rex Burkett is banged up. Like, doesn't it's been this all have season, to be a though? Week? <laughs> He's been they haven't trailed for a second all season and he hasn't done anything. I, I hear you. It needs to come at some point. Sorry for cutting you off, but. No, I, I, listen, I bring up Sony Michelle and you're allowed to cut me off. That's like a, yeah. a, a rule Preach. that we have on this show. <laughs> I'm just oh, saying, man. like, if you compare his potential ceiling, which, again, he hasn't shown much this year, but, like, his ceiling is 100 yards and two touchdowns, like, with 25 carries type of thing. Like, if you compare his projected ceiling to his projected ownership, it's they're out of whack. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. I don't, don't want to. I'm not. You don't want to follow while, Sony Michelle? While we're recording this, I do not want to agree with your Sony Michelle take under any circumstances. That is very anti my brand. So now all right, I'm, that's I'm fair. all set on Sony. Give me somebody um, else then. All right. So I am talking myself more and more into some Mark Ingram uh, this week. I wrote up for Sharp. Um, a Lamar slash Ingram stack to just try to grab all the touchdowns uh, for the Ravens. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not great, right? But Ingram is tied for the eighth most carries inside the 10. Like we've seen him score touchdowns in bunches. We don't love relying on that all the time, but I think that there's, there are super thin plays that we're hoping for a touchdown out of. And there are guys like Ingram who are seeing like, enough work where you can justify chasing the touchdown. So um, he's a guy that I'm going to try to get exposure to. And I can't imagine that he's going to be more than like, what, 5% owned maybe? Like, I I don't think at that price, he's kind of in the middle of a lot of guys who are going to get exposure. So I I don't think he's going to be terribly owned. That seems fair. I mean, yeah, he's definitely somebody that has the look of a player who could be undervalued this week. Uh, Ian, who are some of your GPP favorites? Almost grosser than Sony Michelle is yes. Carlos Hyde. Let's go. 4,300. Look, the one thing that we can hold to, uh, you know, the truth of the fantasy football gods every single year is that the Atlanta Falcons cannot stop running backs. And we're saying 4,300 for a guy that I understand is not, you know, I'm on the free Duke train just as much as the next guy, but Hyde's touches this year, 11, 20, 10, 16. He had five targets last week. That atrocious trick play the Texans ran where DeAndre Hopkins threw it way back <laughs> the other side of the field. That was intended for Carlos Hyde. Like I was more, more mad at that fact instead of even the play call. Like how you're calling a pass to a running back and you literally pick Carlos Hyde over Duke Johnson, but whatever. And look, Everyone's kind of looking at these wide receivers here. Like, we're talking about Deshaun Watson. We're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. I think these running backs are going to go under the radar a little bit. And, you know, this is a – we got a home back that we can look for potentially 15 touches with against a defense that we know isn't anything special for only 4,300. Sign me up. I might actually lean Duke Johnson in that game. Mm. Like, we know we know that the, the Falcons' weakness in terms of running backs – is defending them catching passes out of the backfield. And even though Hyde saw more targets than Johnson last week, like I still think that in a vacuum, Houston wants to funnel more targets to Duke in that role. 
Oh, Did we really I, just go like Rojo, Michelle, Duke, and Hyde in this? Oh, man. This is going to end really well for all three of us this week. Oh, man. It's pretty weak underneath 4K. Like, there's, it's all just disgusting. It's a oh, week. Yeah. It's a week. It's a weak RB slate. I mean, if you're not if you're not feeling, you know, Carlos Hyde or Duke, like I don't really see anybody in that sub five K range that's particularly appealing. I mean, I can't go back to Miles Sanders again. I won't do it. <laughs> I was looking at him and I will say, so the one thing with Miles that was good to see from last week, yes, Jordan balled out, but Darren Sproles only played like eleven snaps. I mean, if it's gonna be a two back backfield and Philly, we can at least deal with that a little bit better than this, you know, three-back timeshare that we were do- looking at before. And the same thing goes for Denver a little bit. I mean, I, I know anyone with Joe Flacco is not a sexy play. We don't want too much to do with that offense. But Lindsey and Freeman are cutting this stuff right down the middle, and they're pretty much being used as, uh, you know, just whenever they're on the field, they are that their offense is three down back. It's not like Lindsey's the pass-down only guy and, Fro- and Freeman's the early down grinder. They're using them each as a feature back, you know, when they're out there for their 50% snap split. So I'm just saying we got, you know, Chris Thompson, Frank Gore, you know, Singletary, Burkhead, all these guys with snap questions. We can at least go up to the Denver guys and know that they're going to be on the field for 50% of their team snaps. Jones, anybody else you want to mention before we move on? No, I, I don't want to go any grosser than I've already gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about shipping. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain, time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know that you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, uh, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. You can even manage it from your phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Right now, On The Daily listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. All right, wide receivers. So... High-priced wide receivers have kind of been a little bit of a disaster this year. I mean, all of, like, the zero RB crowd uh, has had to kind of take that L. I'm definitely a part of that most years. So is this a week where we where we get some bounce back from these guys? I mean, Julio and DeAndre squaring off with, e- with each other in what figures to be a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, we still have, you know, Keenan Allen playing for a, a Chargers team that, is pretty devoid of pass-catching options. Uh, and then Mike Evans playing in the Superdome, which Matt Friedman has coined the course field of football. Like, do we like any of those guys this week? I think we all kind of agree that 
we're prioritizing the stud RBs for cash games, but does it make sense to pivot to one of these guys for GPPs? Let's start with you, Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely going to want exposure to these guys. Like we've seen as much as like maybe, you know, week to week, some of the popular guys haven't hit, like we've seen these explosion games from guys like Mike Evan and Chris Godwin and stuff. So I do think you still need to, uh, if you're building, you know, more than five lineups, I don't think you can just go RB heavy on everything. Um, I lean towards Keenan Allen. Like obviously the, the week last week was not what we were expecting from him. Um, but that was like his, you know, bottom 10th percentile outcome. And he still saw six targets. Like he's what Inman just went on IR. Like who even else is there? Like there's, there's two guys and like a custodian in the wide receiver room right now, like working on the game plan right now. So yeah, just give me, give me Keenan Allen. I'm trying to figure out how to get to him in cash. Like literally at this moment, um, it's it's pretty difficult if you want to do three of the running backs, but uh, we'll we'll see if I we'll see if I can get there it's by not Sunday. <laughs> you can't we'll play three, you can't we'll play see. three eight K running backs and Keenan Allen. It's literally not possible. Okay, okay, what Keenan? Okay. <laughs> well, you could throw in DJ in there instead, and then you go down to uh, you know Chase Daniel or somebody at QB, and you're <laughs> oh, you're lit. Everything's great. Oh, oh. Uh, I did hear, by the way, the janitor, like, 438 speed. Like, he could be sneaky this week, the janitor. Oh, such a burner. <laughs> uh, Ian, uh, what are your thoughts on this stud receiver tier? Look, I mean, in week three, Mike Evans was the wide receiver one that hadn't done that much. Great matchup, smashed. Last week, it was Devontae Adams. This week, it seems like it's got to be DeAndre Hopkins. And it's going to be Odell Beckham Jr. next week, by the way, too. But, uh, look, it. Nuke. It's just, it's an awesome spot for him. And I, I know people are, one, the Falcons don't, like, move their cornerbacks. I, some people have been concerned about, like, Desmond Trufant following Hopkins. It doesn't matter if he does. Like, don't get me wrong. But the Falcons have not, like, moved their cornerbacks for more than a quarter, for, like, a game and a quarter for over the past two seasons. So, now they got that out of the way. This is a good spot for these guys. But GPPs, like, I'm way more willing to ride, uh, ride chalk with these uh, running backs that we can at least guarantee 20 touches per game with. I mean, Julio Jones, like, yeah, he should smash the spot. He should smash every spot. He's Julio freaking Jones. So, <laughs> you know, if we're getting over 20% ownership on the guy, you know, I like what Jones is saying about going down to Keenan Allen. And, you know, I like these uh, Bucks wide receivers as well. This Buccaneers-Saints game, I mean, there's no reason it really couldn't be a shootout. I, I think we've seen the early season Tampa Bay kind of defensive success, you know, not show through as much. I, Look, I've been hating on Teddy Bridgewater checking down as much as the next guy, but that's what Michael Thomas has already done. I mean, Drew Brees never threw downfield much really anyway. I think defense respect them downfield a hell of a lot more than Teddy, which definitely goes into things. But Michael Thomas at 6,600 for a guy that we can almost reasonably expect double-digit targets from, like that's not bad at all. And, you know, I'm seeing, you know, just like Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. It seems like some of the higher ownership – Wide receivers are the guys I almost have more questions about than these other guys. So uh, I'm okay with them. But, yeah, Cash, again, get the 3AK, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll get some value on wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. I mean, I probably am with Jones. Like, I think Keenan Allen's the guy that I, that I want the most. Like, they just didn't need him last week. That Dolphins team is so bad, and they couldn't handle – the, the the best running back in the NFL just coming at them like 25 times a game in Austin Eckler. So they didn't need Keenan. We, you know, put him on ice, save him for this week. So 
Also, real quick, Keenan last week, I mean, it was his fault, kind of. Like, he pushed off on Xavier Howard, but he did have he had a 65-yard touchdown wiped out by penalty. So, you know, he it wasn't like he was just shut down. I mean, he was out there making plays. Like you said, I just don't – they didn't need to feed him 15 targets. Uh, the matchup versus Chris Harris Jr. is not good at all. I mean, that's tough, but we saw, we saw him, you know – Ball out against Darius Slay, who I think is also kind of in that upper tier of cornerbacks. It's, you know, wide receiver cornerback matchups I do think are important to monitor. But when when you're talking about a guy that's almost got a floor double digit targets, we can we can rest a little bit easier on him. All right, so two of the cheaper guys that are lining up to be chalk. One you've got Auden Tate for the Bengals, who you know Jones mentioned that that the janitor is lined up in the uh, in the slot right now for. For the Chargers, the Bengals are getting close to that point. You know, they might start working out the water boy at uh, flanker. So, Auden Tate is in there for the Bengals. And then Will Fuller, it seems like the fantasy community is going to talk themselves into for the 19th consecutive week. So, are either of those guys cash viable? Do you feel like this is the good chalk to eat for GPPs, Ian? Yeah, I don't know where this Will, Will Fuller slander is coming from. The guy, if you want to go 19 weeks back, we got some wide receiver, you know, one performances in there. So I know it hasn't been great this year yet, but look, I mean, I took uh, the air yards and receiving yards from every receiver this season, and there's only seven of them with more than 200 air yards and receiving yards. So just guys that have not come down with their, you know, good amount of fantasy friendly deep balls for whatever reason. Will Fuller is one of them. And I do think, you know, I mentioned before this uh, shakeup of the receivers with Kenny Stills out now. And look, Kenny Stills is a downfield threat, and he's been catching balls downfield for them. So I think having Kiki, you know, run those underneath areas could actually lead to even more deep balls for Will Fuller and Nuke in this spot. Um, another guy, Robbie Anderson. If Sam Donald's back, I mean, I'm just loving on all these Jets. But look, we know wide receiver ones just burn the Eagles all the time. And uh, it happened last year. No matter what, they had a bunch of injuries last year, so I think that's why they really didn't address the position in the offseason. But guess what? Here we are in week five, and they got a ton of injuries again. Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox, uh, Ron Darby, they're all probably going to be sidelined. Sidney Jones is questionable with a hammy, so not good at all. And, you know, I know Jamison Crowder got 16 targets for 99 yards or whatever it was in week one, so certainly an option there. But even in that game, like Robbie – I think he was still 15th in that week in air yards, and you know he had seven targets. So he's one of these guys that we do only need one uh, target to really go his way for him to come through. And then the last guy, like uh, also on that, I mentioned 200 more air yards than receiving yards. Curtis Samuel, he's been their deep ball guy in this offense. It's a little bit contingent on Jalen Ramsey not playing, but if Ramsey isn't out there, guys, I mean we saw Joe Flacco and company roast Trey Herndon last week. I mean AJ Boye is a baller, but Herndon is not. He allowed six of nine targets into his coverage to be caught for 119 yards and a pair of touchdowns. The breakout's coming for Samuel and Fuller. They're both too good for this to happen much much longer. Why not in the same week? I mean I I wouldn't hate it. I can tell you that. Jonesy. Yeah, I mean I just I just figured out how to get McCaffrey, DJ Zeke, and Keenan Allen in a cash lineup. So I will be, uh, I'll be on an island somewhere. Uh, and it includes Tate. So yeah, I'm, I, I don't know, man. Like he was already seeing targets before the Ross injury, right? Like he, he's had 16 targets over the past two weeks. His higher output was two weeks ago when Ross was in the lineup. So there's no reason to think that he's all of a sudden, you know, not gonna, not gonna be looked at by, uh, Lamarca's cash game QB. So yeah, I'm 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 perfectly uh, perfectly fine with 
a $3,500 guy who's probably going to see in the range of like six to eight targets. Yeah, I mean, DraftKings and the Millie Maker this week, they're giving out 100K if you get the highest scoring QB to wide receiver stacks. Don't say it. Don't, I am don't so say excited it. to get all that money with Andy Dalton to Auden Tate. Oh my god! Uh, it's going to be Chase Daniel with Allen Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there, there's good chalk and there's bad chalk, right? But 3,500 chalk at wide receiver against a team that likes to play at the fastest pace in the league and can't play defense for a depth chart that is just demolished with injuries. That's about as good of a situation as you could ask for. So I, I'm not I'm hating really on, on at all. I'm just trying to say, like, come on. No, Dalton and Tate, number one of the week. But, yeah, no, and uh, as Jonesy said, you know, he's got 16 targets over the last two weeks. He's not some random, like, bench guy coming up that, you know, we haven't seen before. I mean, I was, I've was i been all over Tate in preseason DFS these last two years. Like, he's legit good. And some of the catches we've seen this guy make in practice before, just, you know, reaching back with one hand and all that. He can play. So, yeah, I mean, when we got him going against the worst secondary in football, a nice little bounce back spot, let's do it. Who are some uh, GPP options, Ian? Man, I think I kind of ran through them a couple minutes ago with those 4K guys I was getting carried away with. Um. <laughs> All right, well, let me let me give you mine, and you can tell me. Okay. Is this, is this the Stefan Diggs week? I know you kind of brought it up at the beginning of the program, but the way I see it is the Giants are a team that you, you want to attack their secondary. And I know that that goes against everything we've seen from Minnesota so far this season, but... Do you think this is a week where potentially they they break character a little bit to try and exploit that weakness for the Giants? I don't know. It's so tough here. I mean, literally, the guy was at 9.9 targets per game last year, and now he's at 4.8. Like, it's just pretty rough. Him, him and Thielen are outside the top 50 wide receivers and targets this year. Like, it's criminal what's going on here. And Dalvin Cook's awesome. And, you know, two of these games have been, like, just blowouts. And, you know, it wasn't even – like, it wasn't even just run-heavy offense, and they just refused to throw the ball. It was like they were up three touchdowns. Why wouldn't you throw the ball at that point? So I don't think uh, it's going to be one of these games where Cousins throws 10 to 15 passes like we have seen in his uh, range of outcomes. But even then, I, I just – I'm a little worried about Diggs in this spot. Uh, I will say, if we go move down further, a guy I got absolutely roasted on last week and was 100% wrong, Hollywood Brown. And I'll be going back to that well. Only 5,700 now. Uh, against the Steelers' defense, I said before, I don't think we necessarily fear uh, Joe Hayden, awesome cornerback, but someone I think Hollywood can get behind the right spot. And, look, this Ravens offense, we've learned anything so far. It's that the passing game goes through Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. So uh, I'm going to be going back to well there. Look, Lamar hasn't played as well as he did the first two weeks. Some of that's definitely matchups. I get that. But at the same time, this guy is still shown such a big improvement as a passer compared to what we saw last year. Like, he's going to have ups and downs, though. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes already or anything. But he's going to have good weeks. And, you know, we should keep investing in this offense moving forward. Jones, anybody you've got your eye on? Um, yeah, I mean, with uh, with the injuries in Arizona, I think Fitz is in yes. play at 6,000. Oh, man. He- He's going to go for one of the funner guys. I mean, I mean, we could we could talk about uh, Johnson, who's in my cash lineup right now to fit the uh, <laughs> aforementioned for. Oh. <laughs> I, 
Ew. If you want to go, if you want to go there, I mean, we could go there too. Uh, but Fitz is tenth in targets, like I said, and he's seventy sixth in fantasy points over expectation, which is uh, a bit of a discrepancy there. So, um, I- I'm very interested in him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think you kind of kind of hit most of the guys that I was that I was kind of targeting, like. 4900 for Philip Dorsett, I think, is reasonable. Um, I, I'm waiting. I'm just going to keep playing him until he has another two-touchdown game, so I'll <laughs> see you guys in 2023. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that I think most of the guys I'm interested in, in has, have already been hit on. Sneaky nine targets for Dorsett last week. Like, most, yep. most targets of the season. Uh, it was a bad week, so... I, I agree. I think that this is a, a pretty interesting spot to try and buy low on him. There are a lot of guys in that price range that are going to soak up the ownership. And uh, that gives Dorsett one of the higher leverage scores right now in the Fantasy Labs models. And they were dead on last week with some of their leverage score predictions. Like they were all over Nick Chubb. So uh, I'm going to start paying a little bit more attention to that. I think Dorsett makes some sense. He definitely has the ceiling. It's just whether or not he's going to get behind the defense. And, like, Washington is not a team that, that scares you. So, no. Real quick, I like the reset call. And we can – let's get some Josh Gordon while we're at it. Pivot off a little chalkier, Larry Fitzgerald, right in that same price range. I thought his projected ownership would be higher just because, you know, we've seen Norman kind of get beat like a drum for the better part of the last, uh, you know, 1.25 seasons. And, yeah, man, I mean, these Washington cornerbacks, we don't need to fear them by any stretch of the imagination. Kudos to Quentin Dunbar for having a two-pick two week, uh, you know, last Sunday. But, yeah, Dorsett, Gordon, even Edelman to an extent. Like, this is a smash spot for the Patriots. If they're going to blow them out, they're going to have to put up points somehow. And, you know, seeing how bad that passing game was last week against Buffalo, it makes sense to try to get them back on track. All right, add on the daily. We are firm believers that nothing enhances a game like putting a few bucks on it. Seriously, some of these games, not tonight, but some of these Thursday night games and Monday night games this year have been borderline unwatchable. But if you put a couple dollars on it, that thing will suck you right in. Uh, I can't tell you how glued to the TV I was during that awful Bengals-Steelers game just because I had some money riding on those player props and things. So uh, regardless of whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, pair them together. And if they both win, you're going to increase your payout. Uh, If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Uh, Pro football, college football, MLB playoffs, all in full swing. Hockey just started. Basketball's right around the corner, so this is the perfect time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. And right now, if you sign up, my bookie is going to double your first deposit. Use promo code RotoViz to activate the offer. Promo code RotoViz to double your cash up to a thousand bucks. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. So I'm going to flip the script here. I want to talk about the value options to start. Since it sounds like Ian is very excited for Noah Font, as was uh, Josh ADHD last week, said mm-hmm. he liked Noah Font and he scored a touchdown. So, uh, sure did. Tell me why. Tell me why I, I should be playing Font over somebody like uh, I don't know Tyler Eifert. All right. So my 
my thing with Eifert, like he hasn't cleared 30 yards in a game this season. He hasn't even played 50% snaps. And yeah, okay, we don't need him run blocking the whole game. That's fine. But he's 22nd on the position in routes run. I mean, maybe they just really break him out now with the John Ross injury, but they're not even really similar players. So I don't know that we should expect that at all. So I, I again, he if he's going to be this chalky, I, I know the Cardinals uh, secondary is terrible, but he, we could easily see a game, I think, where he finishes with like 20, 30 yards. Maybe he does find the end zone. And I just think Fan has such a higher ceiling here, and he's cheaper, and he's lower owned. And, yeah, that touchdown he scored last week, it was like a design screen that he took to the house. Since the preseason, they've been trying to get this guy the ball. I mean, they drafted him in the first round, and he's now finally out there for almost every single – not every single snap, but he was at 73% last week. He's been a full-time player uh, so far. They've had Jeff Ironman kind of hanging around a little bit, but it does seem like they've kind of realized that Fant should be the guy they're throwing the ball to a little bit more. And, yeah, like I said before, these Chargers safeties are just ravaged by injuries. I mean, I think people know Derman James – got out, you know, early on in the preseason. But Adrian Phillips, their other, you know, uh, guy that was starting early on in the season, he's on IR as well. Jordan Akins and Darren Fells scored three touchdowns against the Chargers in week three. We didn't really worry about them against the Dolphins last week, understandably. But, like, this is not a defense we should be fearing, uh, you know, at safety. So, again, it's only four targets a game for Noah Fant. But at 2.8K, with a guy that is out there and is consistently involved, let's do it, guys. <laughs> Jones three is- running backs at AK. If we go fan, we can get three. <laughs> is that enough to entice you? Yeah, no, I'm 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 sold. I I have yeah. no interest in Eifert. I I was I was looking for somebody down there and and I mean there's not it's it's pretty disgusting once you get down to like thirty five hundred in general anyway for tight end. So like what are you gonna do? Play like Foster Moreau? Like, yeah, sure. Give me <laughs> give me some Noah Font. I listened to uh, Peter Overzet, who he'll have his good friend the Mans on uh, in a couple weeks. But I don't know. He made a case on the, on his little web series that he does that uh, Foster Moreau better than Delaney Walker. You know, <laughs> how many that. touchdown catches did Delaney Walker have last week? Zero. <laughs> um, no, listen, I agree with you guys. Like, I I do have some interest in Eifert this week. I mean, as I've mentioned, I'm a big fan of this game in general, but. He's way too risky to trust at cash. And it's not like he is super cheap. Like, 3300 is about what you would expect to pay for, like, a low-end tight end. Like, Trey Burton's 3300 You know, Kyle Rudolph is three k. Like, that's the, the price range is right for him. It's the, it's the Fant is just cheaper than he should be. So, yeah. I'm with you. I think if you want to pay down at tight end in cash, he is the way to go. But I will have some Eifert in GPPs. What do you think about the uh, the top end of the pricing spectrum? So no Kelsey, no Kittle on the main slate, but we do have Ertz. He's 6K versus the Jets. Ingram, 5,800 versus the Vikings. And then Darren Waller at 5K versus the Bears. So I've kind of been just leaning on Waller and Ingram for most of the season. Like I feel like those guys are just mispriced. And Waller's price is, is gotten even cheaper this week. So what do you think about those those three guys and and Ingram and Waller in particular. I think out of them, I'm leaning towards Ingram. It's pretty tough matchups for each guy, actually. Even Ertz, just because Jamal Adams with the Jets is yeah. he's so good and he really They're does line up a player. lot. Yeah, and he lines up on the tight end a lot of the time. So uh, that's too bad for Ertz. And you know, it's just like Ertz. He's going to get the targets, but 
we've seen like he's not separating from guys like with pure athleticism. That's definitely not going to happen with Jamal Adams. So I could see a scenario where Adams wins that matchup. Uh, and then Waller. Oh man, I mean this. Look, I know it's home, but you got to remember this one's in London, so I'm not really sure uh, what's going to happen over there. I, I just see this Oakland offense getting shut the hell down uh, versus the Bears. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Ingram. Harrison Smith is obviously a baller too, but it's a lot harder to project tight end matchups in general compared to like wide receiver cornerback. So we shouldn't, shouldn't worry about it as much as a, you know maybe I'm making it out to be. But big thing with Ingram is he's still just he's priced too low to be a number one receiver in this offense. I know Tate's coming back but I'd still be shocked if Ingram doesn't continue to lead the way in targets. He's so good. And we have seen tight ends have success against the Vikings this year. Austin Hooper, week one, and Darren Waller caught, you know, like 13 or 14 targets against them. So, uh, you know, with Harrison Smith mostly playing that center field role, there should be plenty of room underneath for Ingram to eat. Jonesy. Yeah, I think I think Waller's price is pretty ludicrous. Like him being 5K, just seems crazy. He's had 30 targets so far, which is good for a 30% target share. And he's seen 18% of the Raiders' opportunities, which is first among tight ends. Uh, and he's been on the field all the time, right? Like, he's he's at a 92% snap share. Um, the, the London thing is definitely a monkey wrench. And we, obviously, we would like a better, you know, maybe a better matchup. But, you know, defenses don't matter, so it's fine. Um <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I just I feel like 5K is is way too cheap. I if you if you could figure out the 800 bucks and you can get to Ingram, I think that's that's also a fine spot. But um, yeah, I'm I, I'm probably when I am paying up a little bit, I'm probably gonna have like probably like two parts Waller to one part Ingram, and uh, maybe sprinkle in inerts here and there. So Jones, I got to give you some some love here. Austin Hooper has me. been your guy, and the dude. he's Ooh. smashing right now. So, is this another week? Like, do we just go back to the Austin Hooper well? Yeah, like talk about a stupid price. Like, forty five hundred is a dumb price. Like, this is absurd. He's literally like, I, I get like they have Julio and whatever, but like he, <laughs> when Hooper has the ball, like when they're ac- actively trying to get Hooper the ball, they look like a reasonable like. NFL football team. Like, yeah, because they're down two touchdowns. Right. That's, that's when he gets the ball. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're just hot garbage. Like they're going to. That's use fair. Them. That's fair. They're, <laughs> they're going to get blown out. Like it, it's going to be. I, I have a feeling that this is like the the Texans. Like we look back in five or six weeks and we're like, oh, like the Atlanta game is like when they when they sort of clicked. Um. So yeah, I'm going right back to Hooper. He's tight end two right now. If you look on the Stat Explorer over at Rotoviz, he's literally top 10 in every statistic that we list except for Racer. Like, literally everything he's top 10 in right now. Um, and, yeah, I just I don't see a reason that they would go away from him when it's been working so far. So I'm good at 4,500 with Hooper. Nah, I, I like the Hooper call. I was looking for just trying to figure out why he's doing this well when you got Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones on the outside. And his splits over the last two seasons are pretty crazy like when they are trailing they are force feeding hooper the ball way more but like you said man like i don't really think this falcons defense or team in general is going to be all that good this year so we can expect you know hooper to keep balling out down 28 to 7 so awesome the weird thing too is like his 
His correlation, like Hooper's correlation to Matt Ryan is actually like a negative correlation, which is just, <laughs> I, I like, there's no explanation for it. Like it, it's neutral at best. It's like, it's slightly negative, which is just stupid. Like every other quarterback to tight end has like, you know, like a 0.4 to like 0.8 R squared and everybody, and they're negative. Like Matt Ryan, like this whole situation is such a joke. I hate the Falcons so much. <laughs> Ian, anybody else you want to mention here at tight end? Um, I think I'm good. I cannot stress enough to play Noah Font. <laughs> All right, Noah Font. All right, really quick defense breakdown. Uh, Jones basically comes on here every week and laments paying up for defense. Like, he will just never in a million years do it. Uh, I'm a little I more open to the idea of doing it in cash games. In the right matchup, I don't know if I would pay forty three hundred for a defense like New England this week. But what are your thoughts on on defenses? How do you approach them, Ian? So this week, yeah, I mean, if you can get up to New England, go ahead. But I think the way we're all talking about roster construction, that's probably not going to be a reality. <laughs> so yeah, let's go down. Let's get Carolina Panthers twenty six hundred at home versus Jaguars. Like this is a legit good defense. They are number one in the league. And net yards allowed per pass attempt. I mean, literally 3.9. That's unreal. And it, it could be a little bit inflated if Deshaun Watson hit those two bombs we were talking about before. So I'm not saying they're necessarily the best pass defense in the league, but they're a good squad. And I, I love Gardner Minshew as, not, as much as the next guy or girl, whatever. But like this guy's not this world beater just yet. He hasn't thrown for over 215 yards in three straight games. Like, I don't know that we need to be freaking out over this Jaguars offense going on the road to face the Panthers defense that, you know, also the pass rushers showed up the last two weeks. I know they faced Murray and Watson, who are going to run around a little, maybe a little bit more than uh, Minshew, who can get the ball a little more, but maybe not because Minshew's also banged up. He played that last drive of the game after he hurt his knee pretty bad. He's been limited in practice all week. So we're talking about a rookie quarterback on the road against a team that has a good secondary and a good pass rush for 2,600. Let's do it. Makes sense to me. Uh, Jones, they they put the Redskins down to eighteen hundred yeah, specifically for you. Mind. It's so good, like eighteen hundred. Come on, what like what else could you possibly? Who else could you possibly click on? Like eighteen hundred is amazing. What is what do they need to do? Like they just need to show up to pay off salary. Like eighteen hundred, it's insane. Yeah, I like Washington and cash. Like we're good. Every, everything's gonna be fine. Um. I agree with Ian's call about Carolina. Like to me, that <laughs> to Just me that's the, cash, that's the cash game team that you want. But if you're looking for some pivots, I think Cincinnati could make some sense. I've been saying I like that oh game. Oh my god, I wanna... are you going to move to Cincinnati? What the hell is going on? <laughs> if they'll have me, I'll come. Sure, uh, we'll get some skyline chili. <laughs> we want teams like I say this every week, but. You're looking for touchdowns, you're looking for interceptions, and you're looking for sacks. And the way to get those stats is by playing against teams that throw the ball a lot. So I think Cincinnati could, you know, at least have more opportunities than most this week with their defense to to generate those big plays. And I will continue to target whatever team is playing Houston. I don't care that it's the Atlanta Falcons. Like, Deshaun Watson just takes four sacks a game. It's a, it's a lock. Just lock it in. I will say with Watson, I mean, he takes a sack, sure, but like, if you, if you watch, pull up the guy's highlight film and you'll see 
six touchdowns where he should have been sacked three times. I mean, the guy's taking the sacks because he does pull off the impossible enough. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers throws the ball out of bounds more than anyone. Like, quarterbacks have different, quote-unquote, flaws that are just part of their overall game. So, it's not like Watson's a bad quarterback because he takes a lot no, of sacks. No, for sure. I don't want it to sound but, like I'm knocking Watson. No, I, I'm with you. We can definitely target fantasy defenses against him. I've just kind of seen this week people hating on him a lot for it. So, I got to stick up for my guy. All right. Love it. Uh, Ian, thank you again for coming on. Anything you want to say before we end the show? Oh, uh, yeah. Just check me out on Twitter, at iHeartIts, I-H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. Always a Z in the tits, fam. And we are you know, coming out, plenty of articles a week, wide receiver, cornerback, uh, anti-end analysis, backfield analysis, injury dash, mismatch manifesto, and catch me on the Roto World Pod. Thanks, thanks for having me on, dude. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Again, like one of the best in the business. I love reading your stuff, and I, it just always just blows my mind how much just the volume of stuff that you come out with during the week. Like, I don't know if you sleep during football season, but it impresses <laughs> that's, me. That's what February and March are for. Unless, unless we got a, I don't know that we got the XFL rolling. Right. That's we'll... true. I was going to say, I know that you were like the only fan of the AAF. So, all right, P man. All right. Uh, Jonesy, anything you want to say, or can I just uh, wrap it up here? Oh yeah. No, real quick. If, if for some reason you're still listening to this, um, I, I made the listener league a 50, 50 by accident. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and I was trying to be like on top of stuff and it's a 50, 50. So, uh, the, the one that is 35 entries will be the, the real listener league. That'll be top, uh, top two win. Sorry about that. I'm an idiot as usual. (laughs) All right. For Ian, who you can find on Twitter at iHeartTits. And Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter, at MattJonesTFR. I'm Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS.